You're listening to So You Want to Be a Photographer with Gina Militia, one of Australia's leading portrait celebrity and lifestyle photographers. With over 25 years' experience in the industry, Gina is a pro photographer who regularly travels the world shooting for some of the country's top magazines and advertisers. She is author of four best-selling books on photography, runs workshops and mentors aspiring photographers all around the world. In conversation with journalist, interviewer and budding amateur photographer Valerie Koo, Gina reveals what it takes to build a successful photography business, provides a sneak peek into life behind the lens and talks about her tips and techniques to get the perfect shot. Hello everyone and welcome to episode 43 of So You Want to Be a Photographer. My name's Valerie Koo and I'm here with the awesome Gina Militia. How are you, Gina? I'm great, Val. How are you going? I'm a bit hot. It's like 32 degrees in Sydney at the moment and uh, it's our first hot day in this new house, so I'm testing out the air conditioning and uh, just seeing what it's like, but no, it's quite good, yeah. <laughs> we, we got um, a heat wave too and you can smell the jasmine and it's been sunny. So, you know, this exact day last week, Val, mm. I was uh, drinking champagne uh, on on a beach in the Caribbean, you know, around Cuba. Wow. Today. Jealous. Right. Today, a week later, (laughs) I'm... um, uh, I got my uh, leaf buster out and I'm uh, getting rid of the leaves in the driveway. There you oh, go. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Seven days. What a difference. Are you one of those leaf blower people? Oh, I love my leaf blower. Why? You know why? No. I feel like Lara Croft with it. That's, That's what I pretend when I've got it out. I love it. I've got an electric one. It's not loud. But it does. it just blows the leaves around. Surely they need to be picked up and raked. No, no, they get blown into other places and, and it's like, it's it's really good. I love it. Oh, they're so noisy. No, mine's not noisy. I've got an electric one. Okay, I don't even know what that means, but aren't they, aren't most of them electric? No, you've got petrol ones. Oh, okay. Uh, it's all different kinds of ones. You Clearly, I don't have a leaf blower. But, uh, yeah, still jealous that you got to hang out and have all of those adventures in Cuba. And thank you to everyone for all of your uh, messages on social media and Facebook and emails about uh, that episode. Yeah, seemed to be well. a popular one, yes. Yeah. So uh, rest assured that we haven't forgotten that Gina also went to Vegas. And yeah, I will certainly... in Vegas, Val, stays in Vegas. I'm, I'm sorry. sorry that's not happening. I'm sorry. I'm a journalist and I know it will disappoint our listeners if we don't do a Vegas show. So listeners, let it be my promise to you, personal promise from Valerie, that we will be quizzing Gina on her adventures in Vegas and no stone will be left <laughs> unturned. 60 Minutes reporter. Yes, I am a journalist <laughs> after you, all. you got the, the uh, jacket over your shoulder. <laughs> <laughs> and just a reminder to everyone that if you want the show notes, they can be found at Gina Militia. That's M-I-L-I-C-I-A. And there you can also sign up to Gina's awesome newsletter. Thank you so much to everyone for your feedback on the newsletter because it's where Gina spills some of her secrets and uh, reveals stuff that uh, doesn't necessarily make it onto the podcast but also shares other resources and ideas including uh, some free Lightroom presets which are only available to people who subscribed to the newsletter? So um, one's coming up too, Val. Yeah, good. Mm. What are they? What are they about? Got uh, got the gritty series. Oh, uh, I love that. Grit, 
True Grit, yeah, black and white, um, grungy, uh, which is uh, sort of of the one that you see, that, that minor um, image that I did, the image mm. of the minor, you know, that gritty black and white. So I think mean, people will really uh, like that one. I wonder what it would look like if I put my cat Rexy through. No, the, no, no just like, hey, I'll do a soft series for Rexy. <laughs> okay. Soft pastel sort of that would suit that, that style. Right. Photography. The Rexy Lightroom preset. We'll do Rexy Lightroom presets, yes. Awesome. Speaking of cats, you have a link to uh, an interesting um, article on Wired called Meet the Godfather of Cat Photography. Do you Found tell. this for you, Val. Oh, really? Yeah. Thought of you when I saw it. <laughs> it's so cute. Oh, my God. We'll put the link in the show notes. But it's these, it's, they're gorgeous shots, aren't they? Why did you like this? Well, because it just tells a, a, a like a really lovely story about uh, a gentleman by the name of uh, Walter Chandoa, who's like he, he's in his nineties now. But wow. like years ago, he was uh, out wandering the streets and he found a little kitten and he brought it home and he started taking photos of it and like his his images went viral or as viral as they can go in the like you know uh, seventy years ago. Yes. and uh, and and his photos. Um, he became the go-to guy for cat photography and he was on like, you know, these, his images were on like magazine covers and cat food, which is your dream, isn't it? To yes. Get one of your images on a cat food, that's what you want. That would like, you could die happy. If well, you... to get my cat, an yeah. image of my cat uh, on the cat yeah. food, yes. Yeah. So yeah. I will confess that, you know, maybe I should be a cat photographer actually because I will yeah. confess that I did take quite a number of shots of both Rex and Rocky, who are both uh, Australian Tiffany cats. And uh, Rocky's cousin is on the Fancy Feast cat or his auntie and Rex's biological sister is on the Aldi cat. I didn't know this. Yes. So, I didn't know that. They've got that, that sort of calibre and like you've got supermodels for cats. I know, I know. So I decided that um, – so I had some intel in that um, Rex's sister, whose name's Gwyneth, and she's on the Aldi cat food tins. Uh-huh. She, I knew that she moved to Western Australia. So I thought, okay, they need a new model. So I approached Aldi with my cat photos. I had, a, but you know, they had a meeting with me and I talked about how their cat had moved to Western Australia and surely now they need a new cat. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> Didn't go well? Well, yes and no. They did not, um, uh, commission Rex to or Rocky to star in any of their uh, um, or, or star on any of their cat food tins, but we did end up doing some media consultancy for them. <laughs> right, <laughs> so it wasn't all lost. Well, yeah, some media training, so it, yeah, it wasn't all lost. But I was grateful that they, you know, considered it. Probably but thought I'm, I was a crazy got, cat lady, but you know, you yeah. got to try these things. Exactly, you don't ask, <laughs> and I got a good result. Like you know. In a sense, yeah, I've got yeah, yeah. other work out of it. <laughs> so it might have had something to do with how you lit the uh, the photos because uh, Chandoa uses like a number of lights. So he, he's got like six lights for a shot. So he'll do two for the background, two for the foreground, and two more to backlight. Yeah, so he backlights illuminates he? illuminates the, uh, the, the the edge of the cat's fur, and that's why his uh, his shots are so special. But but another thing that I noticed in the article, Val, and do you know how many um if you Google cat, mm. it'll come up with 1.67 billion hits. <laughs> yeah. That's 
ridiculous. So many cat photos. Crazy cat people there are in the world. Yeah, cats are all the internet. (laughs) We all know that. But anyway, that's an awesome link. We'll put that in the show notes. But we want to give a big shout out um, to a a comment. We we don't have the name from Gladly Hypnotised. Yeah. uh, And who's given us a five-star rating on iTunes. And Gladly Hypnotised, thank you so much for that because Gladly Hypnotised has said, Gina and Valerie are funny, super informative and very relatable. I recently found this podcast and have binge listened on my commute to work for several weeks now. I've learned so much it seems like each time I want to stop Gina to further explain something that she is saying, Valerie reads my mind and asks exactly what I was wondering. This podcast is not only informative but it is fun. Thank you for sharing your wisdom and your friendship with all of us here in podcast land well thank you gladly hypnotized yeah. you've made my day i'm sure That's gina agrees. it's fantastic yeah and um if you do have 30 seconds to leave us a rating or review on itunes we'd be really really grateful because it does help us in our ratings and keeping us in the what's hot section so thank you for everyone who has done that we read every single one but moving on to uh, topic this week. Now, this topic, we've been thinking about it for a while, but Ken Bergen, uh, one of our podcast listeners, hello, Ken, uh, has, uh, suggest, has suggested it in the Facebook group. And it's all about how to take group shots. Now, I also want to remind everyone, if you're not part of the free the free Facebook community, please do join us. Just search for So You Want to Be a Photographer podcast community on Facebook and, and join the group. It's some great discussions and some awesome photography in there and some mm-hmm. really good sharing of hacks, which I really like as well because I'm learning uh, quite a lot about, you know, in, in terms of hacks. Um, there was a recent one posted, Gina, of the IKEA bowl. Oh, to, yes. Yeah, yes. to use the IKEA bowl as a beauty dish. Now, I have often thought, gee, I wish I had, you know, a beauty dish. And I, I actually have this bowl. And have you got it? I've so you got can make this bowl. Dish out of it. Yeah, the only thing I've ever used it for, apart from as a bowl to hold cat treats, is um, when uh, I used to, you know, go on the box on the punching bag or the boxing bag in the shed. I wanted to have some music, but there wasn't a music. There wasn't a music player down there. All I had was an iPhone. So here's a hack for you: it, it, when you just play music on your iPhone, it's not loud enough, especially if you want to get a, a good workout music, you know, a, a list playing. But you put it in a bowl of that <laughs> shape, and it's, it acts like a speaker. Clever. Yeah, so it would blast over the paddocks, you know, when I was living in the country, just using that IKEA bowl. So that IKEA bowl can not only be a speaker, it can also be a beauty dish. Well, there you go. There you go. But now my time to quiz you, group Uh shots, because we all have to do group shots from time to time, don't we? And it is an art because sometimes I look at these shots in the paper and I go, oh, my God, I know Gina would instead do that, that and that. But even but even though I can think that intellectually, when it comes time to me for me to create group shots, there's so much happening that, and you just want to almost like rush it and get it over with. Yeah. So where do we start with group shots? Well, I mean, like I want to talk about like how they've evolved over the years as as, as an intro. So like okay. I I I um uh can remember 
like everyone knows like their school photo mm. is probably your first involvement with a group shot or yep. if you're in a sport team oh, yep. um you know your sports photo and and so like generally the standard in group shots has been that you get um uh line people up so all the heads are even across the back. You'll have the back row, then a middle tier, and then the bottom tier. You might have people sitting down with their hands in their laps, mm. hands hands clasped. And then, uh, you know, if it's a soccer shot, everyone might have their <laughs> hands over their ghoulies in the front. And, and uh, you know, it's a, like a very square box shape. And if you look at um, a thousand school photos... Yeah, they all look the same. They all look the same. It's just like they're, they're, like there's nothing uh, remarkable about any of them, and 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 you can't tell the difference. And and this has been the go-to group pose for ages. And then mm. you see uh, family photos done in the same way, and sort oh, of yeah. everyone's just lined up, uh, and there's not a lot of thought that that goes into it. But then you know what happened, Val? What? Um. There was like a whole series of events happened that that inspired me to pose people in in group shots in different ways. Really? Firstly, um, Annie Leibovitz in Vanity Fair magazine started doing these uh, group shots where she would take um, you know casts of nine or fifteen. They're always odd numbers, mm. but she would have people suddenly. There'd be people laying on the floor. There'd be people people sitting on um, you know uh, beautiful couches. Some would be standing, and she like suddenly I'm, it was like nothing I'd ever seen before. I can remember the first, you know, few that she did and they blew my mind because it was like so different. Yes. And I'm like, look at this. This is amazing. The other areas in popular culture that influenced me was Melrose Place. Remember oh, yes. that? Yes. So is that the 90s? Yeah, definitely. The yeah, yeah. Early 90s. yeah, yeah, yeah. So the 90s was a big decade for uh, posing groups because it's Vanity Fair, you know, Leibowitz, Melrose Place and 90210. Oh, yes, 90210. That was a big group. Massive. Mm. So, and, and, and they had a cast of, I don't know, like seven or nine key sort of 20-something gorgeous, mm. uh, you know, cast members. And they came up with a million different ways to pose this group, you yes. know, and, and they were doing a, a similar thing uh, to Leibowitz's as well. They'd have people on the floor, people sitting, all different levels. The other one, Val, was like NCIS. Remember oh. that show? <laughs> yes. <laughs> right. And so they've got – it's like there's a whole series of them now, isn't there? There's NCIS Miami, NCIS Oh, that's CSI. Oh, CSI. Mm. No, it's, it, but NCIS, what was that? It's just NCIS. Right. So they came out with, and I forget what year it was, uh, a series of promo uh, pics, billboards promoting the show. Right. Where suddenly they had like the cast, it might have been five cast Mm. members. And instead of having them all in a line, they had them all facing in opposite directions. Oh. So they'd be back to back. Mm-hmm. And then the other one would be a different way. And that was the first time I'd seen that. And it was so dynamic and so cool. And it broke all the rules of photography because why would you have someone with their back to another person? The body language is wrong, but actually it works. And so I've uh, also, uh, you know, been influenced by that style. Tarantino, of course, famously for his Reservoir Dogs movie, the yes. opening uh, scene where they got the people walking towards camera. Um 
So, stuff like Da Vinci's Last Supper have also influenced me, Val. Oh, yes. That yes. That, that, that image. And, um, yeah, so they're all ways that I have uh, taken uh, from those different styles that I've seen and I've developed them and uh, made them into my own way of uh, posing groups. Mm -hmm. Wow. Okay. So, so shall we break them down and have, and have a chat about how to... Um, yeah, how are we going to break them down into what kind of categories? So we'll go into like maybe um, how to pose groups, how to direct groups, how to light groups and the best gears and settings for the job. Okay, so what's your definition of a group? Would that be three or more? Yes. Okay. Yeah. And, um, and generally I like to uh, try and work in odd numbers as well. So Why is that? It just looks better. Okay. It just looks better, I think, uh, So if, if I can. So, like, um, so I've talked about uh, – so I've actually named my uh, different styles of uh, posing groups. And okay. uh, so, so the first way, and it's probably the main way that I do a lot of uh, big cast groups or family portraits mm. um, and informal groups. So I wouldn't use this style for, say, uh, a group of, um, you know, a, a, a group of board directors. No. Like, it's, it's <laughs> or a not, wedding. Uh, no, I've done it for weddings. Okay. Mm -hmm. I've done it for wedding parties. So it's the 90210. So it's that, uh, <laughs> it's, it, 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 it's, it's having, uh, uh, people all at different levels and, and, and staggering them all. So I might have a back row of, with a couple of people standing, um, at various heights. And then yeah. I might introduce a middle row where I might have a high stool or, or chairs or ottomans that people mm. are sitting on. And then there might be a third level where people are on the floor or sitting on lower boxes. So in case so, there's any younger people who are wondering why this is called the 90210, this isn't actually about the postcode. It is about the teen drama that was very big in the 90s, Beverly Hills 90210 with, you know, Shannon Doherty and Jenny Garth and Luke Perry and um, Jason, what's his name? Can't remember. Anyway. <laughs> so what would be the equivalent of that today? Oh, I suppose it was the Gossip Girl. I mean, the Gossip Girl's a few years ago yeah. now, but of its time. But yeah, yeah. I'm not so, sure. I don't really watch teen shows these days, Gina. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so so that, that, that's the style. And so um, you, you just mix it up and make sure that you don't have uh, heads all at the same level. Yes. And if, if this was so, – so this will work for, for three or five um, or seven or nine. Just let's just say you might have uh, you're responsible for photographing the annual family reunion where you've got fifty mm. members, oh fifty one members from across the country, right? Who all come together, yeah. and this happens. You could use this style of photography and just break them into little subgroups of nine, right? So, like lots of so, like five yeah. groups of nine, yeah. Or group mm. of five and a group of seven and a group right. of and, and and like and mix it up and then that just makes it really uh, like a, a bit more interesting, you know, because the other uh, other way of doing it is just to line them up like a big school photo. Yeah, and of course, because when you have fifty people, it seems overwhelming. How am I going to arrange them all? But as you say, if you break them up into smaller yep. chunks and then put them next to each other, yep. it looks really good. Yes, and but then the key is to have those three rows. 
Exactly. Mm. Yeah. So, so, it, and it just makes the shot really dynamic. And so you, you, you could re- replicate the poses across. So you could have like, you know, all the guys are sitting, legs spread, kind of bent over, you know, cl- clasping their, their hands, uh, like, or playing, pretending they're playing with a ring on their little finger, which is mm. what I do. Um, you know, you could have someone standing in contrapposto. You could repeat the poses yes. across across the uh, the different sections. Because they're going to look different on everyone. They're all going to look different, yeah, because mm. everyone's doing something. So that's a really good way of doing it. If Brilliant idea. If by chance you've got uh, that and you're doing it in a studio, mm. you can actually just bring everyone on in groups of seven or 11, right? Mm. And then you paste the whole thing together yes. as a, as a uh, in 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 post production, so that yes. you end up with a massive file, and um, it's a good way to get a, a really good shot as now, well. Done that let, before. Let's say you're not in the studio; you're on location. You've got fifty people at the family reunion barbecue, <laughs> or whatever it is. Practically speaking, I mean, because I totally get theoretically to break them up into those smaller groups of nine, say, and then doing five lots of nine makes yeah. a lot of sense. But practically speaking, how would you organise everyone? Well, you, you, I mean, look, you, this is something that you wouldn't be doing on your own. Right. It's like, because it's, it's very difficult. So I'd, I'd have to have, uh, like, you'd, you'd want to have a couple of helpers. Right. Because you need that second set of eyes and third set of eyes to make sure that, ev- that everyone's happy. But you could do them in family groups. So yes, if right. portrait, you could have, like, you know, you'd obviously have, there'd probably be a matriarch or a patriarch of the family. So you'd have those in the middle. And then you could have um, each of the, you know, brothers and sisters and their families, mm. right, and group them like that. There's, mm. I think there's lots of different ways or you can just mix them all in. Yes. And, uh, and I, like, I, I tend to just put people next to each other to uh, uh, see who, who's the best fit, mm. you know, like if I need a certain, like I, I tend to put the smaller people, smaller stature people on the floor sitting down because they tend to look better taller people up the back standing um you know heavier set people often i i have them standing because because they tend to look better that way um and and it's just what looks best Mm. i think but this would be something that you'd want to be thinking about ahead of time not on the day Mm. sure okay cool all right love it 90210 so um, another really good one that I love to do is, like I call it the reservoir dog, and it's basically uh, having a group of people uh, and they're walking towards camera. Right. Uh, and this is just a really good way to photograph a group of people who might be a little bit uptight or if uh, you're not that co- – or you just want a, a bit more of a lifestyle look to your group portrait. And so this works with family portraits. This also works with corporate. This is mm. – I've used this a lot in television as well. And it's just where you've got everyone, you know, uh, in a line and, and they're in a, a straight line and they're walking directly towards camera. Um, so you could have seven, nine. I've, I've done this for wedding parties as well. It's just, it works really well. And what you've got is you've got everyone doing something different. There, mm. No one's looking directly at the camera. Everyone's doing their own thing. Someone could be buttoning up their jacket. Someone could be talking with their hands with the person next to them. Mm. So it's a really dynamic looking shot. And it looks like, you know, you just happen to be walking past and, and take the photo as the action's happening. 
Yeah, great. Yeah, so it's it, it's a really good one. And I like to shoot this one from a low angle valve. So it yes. gets down low, so sitting on the ground practically. And I will use uh, like a long lens. I'll probably shoot this at 200 oh. um, and probably at around uh, F4 or F5.6 and always focusing on the eyes and you're shooting on uh, continuous focus. And are you getting them to walk a fair bit of a way and capturing so the shots? So I probably get them. I, I will probably get them to do about I don't know ten, fifteen steps, right? And then turn around and walk back to the mark. Mm. As they're turning around and walking away from camera, I get them to not break pose and keep 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 walking and talking. Mm. But they're obviously they got their backs to me. I continue shooting because that makes a really interesting shot as well because that could be like, you know, the last page of the wedding album or, you know, the back page of the annual report or just a like it's it's just could be like a ghosted image that they use somewhere else. So it's it's a handy image to have as well. Yeah. And so what kind of location, like you need it kind of a bit of space, right? What kind of location would be ideal for this type of shot? So this works really well on a like a, a country road or an open paddock or something where you don't have guff in the background. Or if you if you do have stuff in the background, if you're shooting at 200, the, the long lens is going to actually throw the background out of focus. And, and so you just so, sort of want a neutral background behind them. But I, but I like to just have um, sort of open space. So not so good on like a busy street, city street. No, it's not going to work where you've got people or poles and things like that. So that's something you um, really need to be mindful of when you're shooting group shots. What's mm. in the background and just making sure that you don't have too busy a background that's going to distract people from, you know, who are the heroes of the shot with the people that you're photographing. So just, what about just a, a clean backgrounds? A corridor or is that yeah, too that small? No, I've done it in laneways too, Val, right. this particular shot, and it works really well. And because I'm shooting uh, low down on the ground, mm. you, you tend to miss a lot of the guff and you just sort of getting, uh, you, 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 you tend to get a cleaner background. So, yeah, corridor, perfect. Why do you shoot low down? Uh, it just uh, makes everyone look heroic. Oh, okay. So when you do it with a long lens, Val, it's not as... Um, uh, it doesn't distort as much as if you did that. Like if I was on the ground and I shot it on a 24, mm. it'd look ridiculous. It, 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 it wouldn't work. But because I've got the long lens, mm. it's not it's not as great a distortion as, as with a like a shorter lens. So it, okay. it just looks great. Okay, cool. Did you figure that out like just through trial and error or did you mm -hmm. just always instinctively know that would be the best angle? No, just trial and error. So I've done it so many times. So I started off, you know, I'd be shooting uh, tripod and I might have, like through the 90s, we shot everything above people. Mm. We were mm. always shooting down on people. And I don't know what that says about that decade, but like <laughs> that, when you photograph someone from above like that, it, 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 it diminishes them in terms of that they look less powerful mm. than they are. They look less than, smaller. Um, if you photograph someone from a slightly lower angle, they appear more powerful. Okay, cool. Great. All right. What else? So the next one that I do is like the, I call it the Cartier-Bresson. So it's, it's like oh. I set it up to be a snapshot of everyday life. And, it, and, and what it is, it's a group shot that looks like 
uh, here's, here's a group of people going about their daily life and I have just happened to walk past and take a snapshot. So it's a very lifestyle way of setting up. So so I've done it where I've had uh, family portraits where I've had like a, all, all the boys are together and they might be playing cards. Oh. Right? But I will set it up in such a way that obviously there isn't a back of the head in the shot. It's just mm. like open. It's a semicircle. And, and what I do is I set it up and I give everyone one thing to do. In, mm. for the shot and they just repeat that over and over again so it might be like pick up the drink and bring it to um just be, as you're about to drink and then put it down or i want you to um you know reach into your uh jacket pocket and look over your shoulder at the same time reach into your jacket pocket looking over your shoulder at the same time so everyone's got an action that they just repeat right. over and over again. And so what that gives you is a really natural looking shot, but it's actually really posed and set up. But hopefully uh, when it's done, it doesn't look that way. And you can do this with anyone. So I remember now I actually had a uh, afternoon tea once and Gina came over to my place and I was hosting this afternoon tea, but I'm not very domesticated. So <laughs> Gina actually kind of took, took over oh, that and, oh, and, God. and basically made everything <laughs> for the afternoon so now, tea. What's, um, what are you making today? I don't know. I'm like, well... <laughs> What what ingredients have you? Oh, I don't know. So like five <laughs> minutes before everyone's arriving, we're at the supermarket buying ingredients. <laughs> and what had you been boiling all day? What was your one contribution? <laughs> you had a tin of, of um, carnation of milk. carnation milk of condensed milk. Yes, because I was making um, I was making the caramel to go in some tart. <laughs> That was the only thing I knew. That was your entire – how many people had you invited? Like 10 people? Yeah, so about 10. So the point of this story was not just that Gina saved the day culinary-wise – I remember now Gina actually set up a shot and she all she got us all doing one thing. So we were all in this outdoor table with the various bits of food on the table and she got the people furthest away from the camera to be, um, you know, some were standing, some were whatever, but everyone was in a different um, uh, pose and doing one thing, whether that was um, pouring a drink or taking something off a cake stand or sipping on a cup of tea. And I remember it, it was exactly that. It was this slice of life snapshot of something that looked completely natural. Yeah. And, and and it looked like something that could have been out of the pages of a magazine, obviously, because Gina took it. But it looked like something that could have been out of the pages of the magazines, you know, showing off uh, some like a, 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 a beautiful garden party or something like that. Um, so very clever. I remember that now. And, of course, Gina calls this the Cartier-Bresson. And yeah. if you're not familiar, she's referring to Henri Cartier-Bresson, the, the, the French photographer who I think in the 50s or so yeah. used to do a lot of shots like this. Yeah, amazing photographer. So that's how it's done and that's how I do a lot of my uh, lifestyle photography. And, like, if you leave this sort of uh, photography to chance when you've got a group, a particularly a large group – someone's going to botch it and do the wrong thing. So mm. like someone's going to look the wrong way or be uh, like obscured and, yeah, and, and letting people make up what to do. You'll, you might have three people that all happen to be doing the same thing and it never looks right and it's, or yes. it's, never, it's never staged the right way. So it's a complete 
fluke if you actually get a good shot this way. And you, you never do. You always mm. wish like, oh, God, I wish that guy had just his did... hand just mm. a bit higher. So this way, um, you know, there's there's no there's, – there's, there's less chances of, a, of an error and you, you get exactly the shot you want. I that. love that it's you really just well. give them that one thing to do because my, my instinct is certainly just to say, everyone just – Pick an action and do it. <laughs> yeah, no, but I've tried that, Val, and so mm. like, and the times that I've done, okay, just just um, look natural, everyone. And so yes. the minute you tell people to look natural, they tense up. But giving them this one action and they just get into it, it actually relaxes everyone as well because they just know that they've just got that one thing to do. If it's buttoning up a jacket or, you know, looking at a newspaper or glancing down or looking left or looking right, it mm. works really well. I love that because I have been trying recently in some group shots to achieve a orange is the new black kind of yeah. um, kind of shot, and uh, I've ever and because in orange is the new black with the cast photo, I'm, I'm not sure if people remember, but there's a lot of you know faces and people are pulling and people are pushing and people are breaking out. It's very it's very active. It's very full of action, and I've just kind of left it a bit to chance and not succeeded very well. But I'm just going to give everyone one thing to do. It's great, whether it's pulling someone's hair or pushing yep. someone out of the way. Yeah. It, yeah, and and so I call that that's a combination Cartier Bresson nine two one O Val. Right. Okay. So I'll hopefully uh, remember to put this shot in the show notes. But I did for Project Runway. Mm. That's exactly what I did. So I had everyone set up in like a nine o two one o, but then I gave everyone an action to do. So they would be fighting over scissors or someone would be trying to cut something, someone would be pulling something, and it makes for a really dynamic shot like like Orange is the New Black. So it, it works really well. Great. Okay. Fantastic. What else? Uh, so the next one I do is called the lineup. So um, th this style of shooting was just like happened because a lot of the TV cast shots that I was doing, we would often have cast members missing on the day because they were filming somewhere else mm. and we would always be one or two people missing. So I, I, I worked out this way of shooting where I would do uh, uh, single like groups of maybe two or three. Mm -hmm. or singles, and then I could comp that together as an entire cast shot. And they'd be really dynamic shots where I would have everyone doing different things, like people would be looking at different angles, looking out of the camera or, or away from 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 the, the camera and or doing something or just completely oblivious. So very lifestyle-y. Mm. No one's posing. And then you comp all of those shots together and you get this really dynamic shot, but obviously everyone's posed and, and exactly where I want them to be. But are you shooting them on white background or are you shooting them on a set or are you shooting them, you know, how are you actually, if you're shooting singles, are you shooting them doing something in a set or? There's a number of ways you can do this. So um, I've, I've done it a lot on a white set. So mm -hmm. like on my white psych that I'll either have at the studio or I will bring to the location, mm -hmm. right? The other way I've done it is like on the, on the location and I might find like this, and this can be done by anyone. You find uh, a wall, like a plain wall, like it might be a textured wall. It might be, uh, you know, a painted wall. Set the tripod up 
and lock it off. Mm -hmm. Okay, so it it never moves. So you'll you'll need to add some uh, weight to the tripod so you, you ensure that it doesn't move. Um, set set your camera to uh, to make sure that you include the entire wall and and you'll frame it up so that if you're going to have five people in the shot, all five people are going to fit. Okay? Right. And and if you can't get them all at once, you just position each person exactly where you want them in the frame, mm. get them to do what you need to do, and then uh, in Photoshop, you just stack all the different mm. images and you just um, rub out where, where the wall is and the person appears and you, you get a composite. It's like Fantastic. it's so easy. It's so easy. It's the easiest way to comp uh, a group shot together. And you can do that in any, like if you've got an empty room, Val, yep. you set your tripod up to frame up the entire room, lock it off, make sure it doesn't move, make sure your camera focus is locked off, okay? Mm. And then you just um, invite everyone to sit in different spots you know you, you might have someone sitting in a chair a couch in the corner you could do it with yourself Val where you could sit in every different chair in the room oh. and then you comp the whole thing together that would be freaky well it's been done before yeah 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 <laughs> and you can throw things in the air and add them into the shot you know you yeah could, could have your cats flying through the air yeah, you know, famous Dali shot. Yes, got all the cats. You could do that with your cats. So you could have fifty of them in 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 one shot. Well, I probably to. wouldn't want fifty, but I'm just thinking that because to wrangle two of my cats is very yeah. difficult. I yeah. could lock off the tripod. Yes, take the photo just of me. Yes, and then put one cat, you yes. know, in the right spot. Take that. Put the other cat in the right spot. Take that, and then I'd have, you know. Yes. Yes. And that's how you do like a family portrait of all your pets. Mm. As oh, well. my God. That is you that makes so much sense. Couch, you just make sure that they're all like, like you know. Yes. They'll sit there on their own. They just won't yes, sit to right. each other. Because we don't have one because they will not behave. So exactly. that is the perfect way to do it. I love it. There you okay. go. All right. What else? So just act, act casual is a it, it's like a <laughs> less stylized version of the Cartier Bresson and and okay. so um, it's great for like corporate or real life settings. So so this is called um, the just act just casual. Act casual. Right. So okay. this is where so maybe I've been sent in to do a story on uh, chefs in the kitchen. There might be three of them, and rather than having them. Um, posed in some way so that they were all a little bit awkward standing next to each other, I will set up a shot where they're in the kitchen and they happen to be, look like they're cooking and it's a busy kitchen, but I've actually just set it up. So it's mm. basically, you know, um, one of them might be, um, you know, chopping and he's looking over his shoulder and he's laughing at the guy who's uh, frying something and the other guy is uh, putting salt onto the, you know, into his uh into his casserole that he's cooking. So it's like, again, a dynamic shot, and but you give something, everyone, um, something to do. Because candid photography, if I went into a kitchen and tried to get everyone looking right, you know, someone would be obscured, someone would be looking the wrong way. It never, it never works. And candid they'd throw, throw you out. And they'd throw me out of the kitchen as well because I'd have my hand in the uh, oyster bowl. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> awesome. Now you obviously take inspiration from, uh, you know, things like Nine Hundred Two and Reservoir Dogs and Cartier Bresson. Uh, 
this isn't necessarily related to group photography, but um, what other, and somebody asked this question in the Facebook group, but I think that listeners will be interested in the answer. What other famous movies and iconic shots do you, have you typically drawn inspiration from? Dirty Harry. Okay, Clint Eastwood. Dirty Harry, the, the voice of Dirty Harry is in my head 24-7. Really? Like whenever <laughs> I'm posing someone and I want them to look tough, the internal monologue is, go ahead, make my day. That's what I'm thinking, you know. And, and That's what I'm, you're thinking or that's what you're that, telling them to I'm, think? I'm thinking that as I'm looking at them and then I'm telling them that to, to, to think that, you know. Right. They get that. They stare me down. Okay. Um, there's a bee in my office, Val. It's making me a little uncomfortable. That's okay. We'll, yeah. you'll, you'll live. Well, you know. We don't want to stop the podcast. No, just no, no. We'll just keep going. No, it's like I'll tough it out, but I'll just stare it <laughs> Go down. Go ahead. You know, just be day. dirty Harry. But it's like hovering right over me. I just don't yeah. want it to land and, you know. Anyway, I'll soldier on. Yeah. Um, uh, De Niro. Right. Yeah, Any particular... Me. Taxi driver. Right. You, are you talking to me? Okay. Um, Moulin Rouge. Mm. Cinematography. What aspect of Moulin Rouge? There's a couple of scenes where he just slightly throws the focus out. Mm. And I just really loved it. Okay. So it's not always, for, you know, sometimes I can't even pinpoint why I like a movie or something. I just do. Okay. Sure. Yeah. So um, th- there's a few for you. All right. Thank you. All right. Yeah, no Go <laughs> um, So in terms of uh, what you're doing and what you're saying when you're setting up uh, yes. group shots, uh, I've sort of uh, put together a bit of an essential uh, checklist. So um, a few things to remember is when you're uh, about to take the shot, you need to ensure that everyone is clearly visible. And this yeah. is particularly when you've got really large groups. And and so something I like to say is like, if you can't see me, that means I can't see you. So that's when, you know, you've got those large crowds of 50 or so. You know how sometimes brides want everyone in the, everyone or every guest photographed yeah. as a group? Yeah. yeah. I hate those shots. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay. They just don't make sense. It's just too many people and it's yeah. hot and it's always the, the sun is there. And anyway, <laughs> so that's something that I say to them. The other thing that I'll do, and, you know, that's probably uh, the hardest crowd you're ever going to get because here's 100 or 200 people standing in the hot sun yeah. who hate you because they just <laughs> get to the bar and have a drink and yes. you're the photographer that's holding them up. So humour. Humour works for them because often when you tell a group like that to smile, they're not going to do it. So what I do is I kind of, I get everyone set up and then I'm very serious as I'm doing all this and I'm like, okay, so um, I'm going to get you all to, uh, I'm not going to get you to say cheese because that's really cheesy, but I've got, I've got another word that I'm going to get you to repeat after me. Okay, so on three, I want everyone to say, and then I throw in the word that I say is the only Greek word that I know how to pronounce, but it's an impressive one, Val. Yes. It's the name of a dessert, Go and on. it's galataburiko. 
Oh, thank you very much. And so I'll yell out, okay, everybody, uh, repeat after me, Gallop the Booty Corn, everyone looks like you, you'll get a laugh. So anything yes. that get a laugh and then you take the shot. Right. Because if they're, if they're like not, you know, wanting to get to the bar or they're just wanting to get, get away from you, like the, the smiles are going to be forced and yes. fake. So it's really important that you keep that dialogue going. Cool. Um, and, uh, you know, make sure that uh, if you can pose, you've got that subgrouping happening, threes and fives, sevens. Try so that works if there's maybe yeah. 15 to 20 people. Yeah, that would people. Be, yeah, so very so good. The, the mistake that a lot of people make when they're doing groups is they just push everyone in. Yeah. And make it really crowded and cramped. Yes. Um, so I try and space them out as much as you can. And obviously, if you're outside, that's really easy. But, like, always look for a location where you've got the opportunity to have space and kind of spread everyone out and, and make it quite spacious. And it's yes. going to make the shot look um, really good. What um, confounds me is when photographers, you know, you have a group of, say, seven people and they say there's seven of them and they ma- and the photographer goes no 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 move to the left to the left and makes all seven move and i'm like why can't you just move you know <laughs> it makes no ridiculous ridiculous <laughs> and he's making seven people move to the left just like yeah. just pick up the camera and freaking move to the right yeah. anyway yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so um Another thing, Val, is if you have control uh, yes. and and you have the option to to relay this to people, just to keep the clothing neutral. So go oh. for uh, autumn tones or blacks and whites. Greys work really well, and red actually just stands out. So the person who is wearing red is just going to stand out in that mm. shot. So try and avoid um, that that colour. You know. Yes. All right. Okay. Uh, and then you. This is where it's really good if you've got a large group to have uh, someone helping you. That that second pair of eyes, who's checking for little details like is there hair over someone's eye? That they um making an awkward face. You know, is there stains on their clothes or drink bottles in the shot or <laughs> hands are awkward or collars up and things like that. So you just want to do a quick once over for stuff like that, and that's where having someone else there because you can't like you're focusing on the expressions and mm. um you know making sure your exposure is correct you can't be seeing everything so that mm. helps i like to shoot at least 10 to 15 frames when i'm doing a group but you've got to warn people because everyone expect you know what happens you've got a big group you do a frame and the group breaks and everyone leaves yeah right have you seen that happen yeah 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 And how do you get everyone back in? So you sort of got to take command when you've got that big group and say, okay, I want to get a really good shot. I'm going to take 10 frames. Yes. All right, I'll count them in, and you and and it's like I I will banter along as I'm saying, you know, ten, nine, eight, and then I'll get to one, and then I'll go, hang on, no, no, three. Sorry, I lied. I got another five, and you, mm-hmm. you get another laugh. You take a shot, and you you, you just like keep talking and yes. you keep entertaining. But if you, the worst thing you can do with a group is say nothing. Yes. 
because people want the feedback and then people are wondering because if you're away back with the camera no one can even hear the shutter going so they don't even know if you're taking photos yeah. and what tends to happen is people start talking amongst themselves yes. and no one's looking at the camera so you've got to like um keep the dialogue going keep control of the group be complimentary mm. Rather than, you know, if Dave at the back is doing something wrong, don't single him out and go, Dave, that looks terrible. What are you doing? <laughs> Dave, stop it. What are you doing? That's not going to work. That's going to turn Dave against you and yes. everyone else who really likes Dave. I actually think that the worst thing you can do is not not say anything. It is, and I experienced this uh, with somebody who was taking a group shot, and I was actually in the group, and he thought he was just being very clever, and he was just saying, okay, 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 ready? I'm going to take it now. I'm going to take it now. <laughs> I didn't take it. You got to do it all again. Like he wasn't actually taking the shot. He was just oh, no. like he was just being an idiot. Why? And no, so no one actually knew when he was taking the shot. Oh so no one could trust that, you know, because no so it was this ridiculous situation. It was terrible. The shots were horrendous anyway. Yes, because I think there was a sort of a celebrity in the in the group and he was just trying to be funny and he wasn't funny. No. Anyway. How embarrassing. That's yes, awkward. Oh my God. Um another thing, and this is confidence as well, take your time when you yeah. shoot. Yeah. So uh, one thing that, that like sort of uh newer photographers do and because they're nervous and I remember being in this position, you've got all these people and you're thinking, I'm holding them up. I don't want to waste their time, particularly if you're doing like businessmen or anyone who's a little bit intimidating. You think that if I go really fast, then people are going to respect me because I haven't wasted their time. So you might want to be, you might be noticing things that you could be doing better, but you just don't want to stop and um, take the time to make people wait. So you rush through, but no, slow down. Yeah. Take a breath. People are going to respect you more. A professional will spend the time to get it right and people know this. And yep. so, you know, and you just say, like, I just want to make sure this is right. And you, you just you tell people what you're doing. I'm just going to straighten up this uh, this tie here. I'm going to take 10 frames. I'm just going to do this. You, you, if you're not a joker by nature, then don't joke. Mm. Because it doesn't, you can't pull it off if it's not, if it's not authentic. So if you're a serious person, then, then take the whole thing seriously. That's fine. Do it with a smile on your face, but you know, don't, don't, don't be afraid to uh, stop and, and make sure you get it right. Mm. Absolutely. Yeah. Makes sense. All right. All uh, right. And finally, um, uh, and this is for uh, women and maybe men who have a higher voice, uh, Lower your voice rather than raising it. So the mistake that women make when they're trying to uh, take charge of a group and they might be getting a bit flustered or you want to get everyone's attention is they talk really high, okay, everybody, you know, and uh, you can't command a group like that. But if no. you lower your voice, um, it, it, it does sound a lot more assertive. So, so just remember to lower your voice rather than, than raise it. Okay, cool. Great. All right. Yeah. So let's move on to when you're dealing with groups, it's sometimes difficult to know, you know, because when you're dealing with one person, you kind of go, okay, I'm going to do this kind of lighting or I can just yeah. use my speed light or yeah. I'm going to put them next to the window and get some Rembrandt lighting. 
But with groups, oh, there's so many people to light. What's the uh, well? What's firstly, what's an e- the easiest way to to light them, and then maybe go into some other techniques that you use. So yeah. The, 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 it's tricky with groups. You, you don't want to be getting too complicated with the lighting. So obviously the, the easiest lighting scenario is to just put everyone in clean, open shade. So like if you happen to have a, uh, an overcast day, perfect. Perfect soft lighting to, to, to light a group. Or if you've got um, like an area where you have uh, an eave or an overhang or, or somewhere where there's large clean open shade and by that I mean not dappled light you don't want to put them under a tree where there might be spots of sun mm. and spots of shade because that's an impossible lighting scenario then you know, like, like look for look for clean open shade and that's uh, an ideal scenario if it's a sunny day um, and the sun is a little bit lower in the sky then make sure it's uh, behind everyone so that they're slightly backlit Oh, it makes a nice hair light, and then you might just have a little bit of uh, fill flash to light them from the front. Mm-hmm. Okay. okay. So um, now, if 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 it's something that, like you know, it might be a corporate opportunity or or, or something where you just don't have time to be setting up flash off camera, which is the ideal, and you've just got to shoot quickly, then uh, use uh, flash on camera, but try and have a uh, a soft modifier to to spread that light and and make it as even as possible. And um, it's probably a good idea to, like, you make sure that you've got your groups of people staggered so that they're not um, in front of the person, so that the shadow caused by the flash isn't going to um, cast onto yep. the person behind. Right. And then shoot in a way that you make sure that you have lots of an abundance of fill. So, like, you try and avoid, say, doing a group shot in a dark room, okay, where there isn't any ambient light, it's just dark, and then you bring in flash, you've got hard flash, mm. it's going to cast a hard fla- shadow because there isn't any extra fill light to soften yep. flash. So you want to try and be in, in an environment where, like, you can maybe take them outside where you've got, like, um, fill lighting and the flash is just kind of just, like, you're just putting in a little pop just to bring up their skin tones a little bit. Yep. Okay, cool. So that's a basic setup. If you want to light uh, a, a group with uh, flash off camera, um, I the, the first thing you need to think about is to avoid hard lighting that casts shadows. So you're never going to use like a grid spot or a mm. beauty dish or, or a, a modifier or, or bare flash to light a group because the shadows are just too harsh. And and this is not the time to try and be clever with lighting unless you've got three days to light it. So basically, um, the best way to large a group is to use a modifier like an umbrella or a large octobox or um, large softboxes work mm. really well. All right? Mm-hmm. So th- th- that's uh, for flash. And, and so I tend to, when I'm lighting a large group, is I light evenly. So I'll have uh, maybe two large softboxes 
uh, one either side of uh, of the group, and it, it's just like flat, even, soft lighting. It fills in every everywhere, and you mm-hmm. get like a nice, evenly lit shot. If you want to be a bit clever, you can have one light is uh, full power and one light half power, so you'll get a bit of modelling on the side of, of everyone's face, which can 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 make the shot look a bit more dynamic. That's so you mean that it's line. not so flat on people's faces? There's a tiny bit of you know shadow on shadow one side. on one side of the face. Yes. yes. Okay. okay. And that's something that if you have time to pre-set up and test, then that's a really nice way to to light groups. And that's that's my preferred option for groups. And then I might throw in um, a hair light as well, uh, just to, to to break it up and and from make the back. Interesting. Yes. Right, okay. and that's a, like a, a that might be uh, off an umbrella just to make it soft, and it almost looks like sunshine coming in from the background. Hmm. Okay, so you just put that at the back out of shot. Yeah. Right. So it will probably only light some of them. You could you could you could set it up so that like if you had a backdrop, you could have the light coming up and over the back of the backdrop, oh. or if you had a, a boom. You right. could uh, have the light coming up and above them all so that it would never be in frame. Or, Valerie, if you're doing it on location, what you do is you set up your lights, you do your group shot, and then you've got your camera locked off. You get everyone to clear the set, you clear the lights, and then you just do a clean plate of the background. Right. And then you can actually, just in Photoshop, just erase the lights from the shot. Ah. I see, because I was trying to think, where did the lights go? Brilliant. Okay. Yep. Fantastic. All right. What else? Yep. Uh, okay. So gear, Val, when, you, when you're when um, you doing your group shots, yeah, right. What, what sort of things are essential? First of all, I think that when you're doing a group shot, you need to shoot on a tripod. And the reason for this is, and the reason that I keep saying lock off your, so once you've got, once you're happy with how your exposure looks and the shot and everything is set up, lock everything down. Like, so make sure your tripod is not going to move. Like it's like weighted down and and, uh, set your focal length, set your, um, make sure you're focused. And then make sure you don't touch anything uh, on the camera after that. And take, like, you take your 10 to 15 frames. Mm. Then if someone blinks and in a group of 10 to 15, someone will or someone pulls a face, in post-production, you can really easily swap heads. Ah. Okay. That makes sense. Just as a protocol, make sure that you always lock off when you yes. do group shots. And so, you know, down, then you make sure that you'll always get um, everyone looking amazing in the shot. Mm. So what kind of lens would you suggest would be ideal for a standard group shot? Let's say a f- five to seven people, not, not one of those wig wedding ones. Yeah, so I think um, that you sort of stick to uh, a focal length of between 50 to 100, which is uh, the sort of the focal length that everyone looks normal. Unless you're doing the walking, the reservoir dog shot. Then you can do a long shot because that is a, such a, a narrow depth of field necessary for that shot because it's one line of people, Val. Mm. So you can afford to, to, right. to shoot that long. But if you're doing a group shot at, at where there's a, like three tiers, ground, middle ground and background, yes, there's a, quite a depth 
that you need to get in focus. Yes. And shooting that on 200 millimetres, you're really going to struggle even at um, F16 or 22 to get everyone in focus. So it's dangerous to do it that way. Okay, so sort of stick to a focal length of between 50 and 100 is ideal for group shots because what happens if you use like a 24 uh, or a a wider lens to do a group shot is, uh, particularly if you've got them set up in in that sort of three tiers, Mm. is everyone at the front is going to look massive (laughs) and everyone in the back is going to look like a pinhead. Right. Okay. So, cool. yeah, but, but the less distortion around that 50 to 100. So, so that's, that's, that's where I like to, to work around. Brilliant. All right. And then um, try and when you're doing uh, like deep group shots like that, sort of stick to around F8 to F11 as your aperture and then try yep. and keep your shutter speed as fast as possible because you've got people moving, talking and yep. – uh, you want to make sure that you freeze the action. Yep. Great. Wow. I've learned heaps. So there you go. Group yeah, shots. Fantastic. So look at what your question spawned, Ken Bergen, uh, in the <laughs> Facebook no. group. That's uh, fantastic. A, a lot of useful stuff, which I'm definitely going to use because my current little obsession is trying to create that orange is the new black look. Um, yeah. uh, but, you know, m- many other tips as well, which I didn't know. So um, thanks, Gina. That was awesome. No worries. So we have a Gina challenge this week. Yeah, we because one last we week, did we? We forgot. So how about hashtag Gina challenge is group? Yes. Now, they don't have to be groups of people. They can be groups of, you know, cats (laughs) or groups of uh, shells or groups of whatever. So definitely um, hashtag Gina challenge is hashtag group. So if you're a new listener to this podcast every week, we have a hashtag Gina challenge where we upload our photos according to that week's theme. And we've had different themes throughout, but this week's theme is going to be group. So the ideally join the Facebook group, which is uh, you search for So You Want to Be a Photographer podcast community on Facebook, and we will share our um, uh, hashtag Gina challenge photos there. I have to say the uh, midlife crisis one was certainly a very popular one. Fantastic. As was the one on character. But yeah, uh, yeah. yeah, hopefully we get a lot of um, uh, posts on group as well. If you don't want to put it on group, you can put it on your Instagram and do hashtag Gina challenge, hashtag group, so we know which uh, topic you were trying to achieve. That would be great. But ideally, we're all there in the Facebook group and join us there because it's good fun and we exchange lots of an I- lots of ideas and tips and uh, encouragement and constructive criticism as well. So what are you up to this coming week, Gina? I got so much on Val. I've gone suffering overwhelm. Really? <laughs> yes. <laughs> but that's okay. Okay. <laughs> Through it all. All right. <laughs> and uh, but it's also um, a very exciting day in the household tomorrow. My boy turns twenty-one. Oh my god! And when uh, I first met you, he was yes. still in your tummy. Yes. And uh, yeah, so that's uh, that's going to be uh, an exciting week. So it'll pretty much be a festival of RAF this week. So wow. Uh, yeah. I'm very very excited about that. Happy 21st, Raf. Yeah, yeah. Goodness. All What's right. Well, well, it's a public holiday in Sydney tomorrow as at the time of this recording, so I'm going to be doing exciting things like laundry and stuff like that. Oh, God. <laughs> so, you know, you'd have someone do it for you. 
Yeah, one would hope, but, you know, no, no such luck. Uh, but thank you for listening, everyone. You can find us online. Obviously, you can go to Gina's website, which is what, Gina? Uh, GinaMilitia.com, M-I-L-I-C-I-A. And where do we find you on social media? I'm at Gina Militia on Twitter and at Gina Militia on Instagram. And you can find me at Valerie Koo on Twitter and Instagram as well. So we look forward to chatting to you guys next week. Thanks, guys. Thanks for listening to So You Want to Be a Photographer. For more information, free resources and Gina's regular newsletter on everything you need to know to become a successful photographer, visit GinaMilitia.com.